Hi. Hi, Andy. How are you? It's so great to see you. Great to see you. I feel like I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you doing? I know. I'm so excited we're doing this. <laughs> I, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's been a busy week, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, this is one of my highlights though. So I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Great. Me too. How are the kids? How's Steven? He's, yeah, he's great. He was also like, oh my gosh, it's, it's actually, I have to say, it's so strange for me because you're still teacher Andy to me. So I was like, I'm seeing teacher Andy today. We're, we're, we're recording the, the podcast and he was like, oh my gosh, teacher Andy, tell her I said hi. So he says hi. Aww. And Elena's great. She's five now. And she is just totally rocking kindergarten. And Max, our little guys too, he is now started preschool. And so yeah, time flies, but the family's doing great. How are you? I'm good. I've, I, the second I started Sprouting Lines, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have her on one day. And I've waited and waited. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm such a fan. I'm such a follower. I love just the range of guests that you, that you bring on the different topics you cover. So um, I'm so honored you thought of me. Thank you. And yeah, I can't wait to, to get into all the things with you. Yeah, I mean, even when I was teaching Elena and she was only, she was three at that time, right? This was going back a little while ago. Yeah. And you were, I think you had just given birth to Max, right? Yeah. And that's why you guys were doing the virtual school. But then you guys were also traveling. I mean, you guys were everywhere and anywhere, but still so grounded. And I don't think you missed a single day of virtual school. Like, I don't know how you guys did it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I know that we're going to get into this, but I, I mean, for me, I really can't think about it without getting emotional and I'm already starting to have those feelings come over me. But when I think about the pandemic and I just reflect back on that time, it was so hard for so many people, but for, for me, you're right. I was just home from the hospital. I had a very new baby. We had, we have no family support in New York, but thankfully my parents came for a few months in quarantine so they could support us while we brought Max home from the hospital. And the one slice of my day where I could have a cup of tea or just take a brief pause from mothering was when we had virtual school with you and you would read books to Elena or you would review art with her. And you did this every day for months and months. And so for me, yeah, it was, there were so many hard parts of, of the pandemic, but this was such a bright spot in, in that chapter for us. And so I just have to tell you, thank you. And yeah, it was, it was a crazy time, but this was one of the things that had grounded us, our very small village, which was my parents who came in to New York and, and you on screen. So <laughs> And here we are again. Here we are again on a screen. But I mean, even all of that, it was just you, Stephen, two little kids, and then your parents who came. And every day you guys showed up. Every day, Elena had her her like, quote unquote, homework done. And (laughs) she was so happy. I mean, she was one of my favorite kids Mm. to have virtually because she was just, she just wanted to learn and have fun. And even your mom would come on the screen and she would be there. And it was just a nice way to like 
be in that family and yeah. give you guys, you know, that time where you need to breathe and you need to, mm-hmm. you know, you can't go out because of COVID. So I'm glad that we were able to give you a little bit of peace at home. <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. It was, it was a big part of our world, even though that world was very contained. And thank you for saying all of that. I can talk more about that, about my role and being the many hats that I wear, but out of everything that I do in my day, and I do a lot, I do so much. I run a business. I manage a large team. I'm a mom of two. And I also am a daughter to, you know, my parents who are a big part of my life still, even though I'm an adult, I try to make space for friendships. I try to learn new things. So I'm going to events always out of all those different things that I do in a week, though, my, my greatest honor and my biggest responsibility is developing my children. And I like to think of the analogy. I don't know if you've heard this before. If you can think about all the the balls that you are juggling in a week, and some of them are glass balls that they will break if they fall. Some of them are plastic balls where it's okay. Some of them are rubber rubber balls. They'll they'll bounce again. For me, my role as a mother, it will always be a, a glass ball, no matter what I do. So thank you for saying all that. Of course. And it, it shows because as you said, you were in charge of leading the merchandising and marketing at Nike for a very, very long time. Yeah. Climb that ladder. And yeah. now you're the general manager of Bugaboo, mm-hmm. which is like also a huge company. And yeah. yet it's very, you know, clear that your children and your family come first. And yeah. You are doing a lot of hats and very yeah. important hats for each mm-hmm. part. I don't, how, how do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a big question. I'm still trying to figure it out, but so maybe I'll just back up a bit. Cause I realized that if we just jump straight into it, maybe I can, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just introduce them. Yeah. I, I do a lot of things. My name, my name is Janelle. I'm a mom of two. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old who have a light of my life. Aside from that, I'm a business leader, so I'm the general manager of North America at Bugaboo. Before this, I spent almost a decade in the consumer goods industry. I was working at Nike, really incredible brand. And then on the side, I try and make space for myself. So whether that is seeing a friend or going to an event where I feel like I really want to learn something new. It's also fitness. That's a big part of my identity and who I am. So um, if you know, if you sort of put all those things together, I, I don't do it all. Nobody does it all. Um, but I, I work in s- certain systems that, I, that have helped me just prioritize my week and what I'm going to do, what is most important that gets done during the week. And that is really what, you know, how, how I do managed to do most of it, not, not all of it, but I think to maybe give us very specific and sort of tactical example, I'm a highly, highly organized, planful person. I have been like that my whole life. My daughter, you know, she's taken that trait for me, as you know, being her, her former teacher. Uh, that is something that I, I have turned into one of my strengths. So every Sunday, 
I sit down and I do a zoom out on the week. What does my week look like? Where do I need to be? Am I traveling? Do I have big meetings? What does the school schedule look like? What are the appointments? What are the family logistics? Sort of taking a complete Monday to Friday view of my week. And I really can't be at everything, but I try and identify what are the three most important things in my professional life and then in my personal life. And then I do as much logistical planning um, as I can in order in order to get ready for the work things. And then on the personal side, I'm really clear in my communication to my partner. Hey, this is what our family has coming up. I can't be in this. Can you be in this? Okay, these things need to get done. And I'm so grateful that I have such an active co-parent who can help me in really what I think of as leading our family. So I lead a business and I lead my family. And so I'm really clear with my with my partner and what what needs to get done. So I set the week. I identify the most important things and really everything that I then do is aligned under those three things. And so maybe that means for that week, I have a really big deliverable at work. So I can't see my friends or I can't do drop off. And that really is unfortunate. And I feel guilty about that sometimes, but I know that that is just what I need to do for that week. Next week, it's going to be different. Next week, I'm going to be able to do the volunteer activity. The deliverable will be will be behind me. And so I think it's just also being really clear about the choices that you make, fully committing to them, and then knowing that it's a moment in time. And then the next week, you'll be able to do something else. Right. And it's interesting that even though, you know, talking about how you're taking the week into consideration. And I know that you guys have coined yourselves like Team Tevis because <laughs> you are a team and it's I like the alliteration. So I think that's oh. perfect. But it's it's funny that well, I shouldn't say it's funny. It's interesting and sad that still you're here for your children. I know mm-hmm. that you you do drop off when you can, you do pick up when you can, you're mm-hmm. always doing something with your children. And yet mm-hmm. there is still this piece of guilt. Yeah. And, you know, you're not, you're a present parent, right? And you still have a little bit of this guilt. And it's yeah. interesting that we're still at this point where you have this important job, you're mm-hmm. clearly managing the job, you're clearly mm-hmm. with your family, and you still have the guilt. Yeah. Do you think that'll ever go away? Uh, no, I don't. And I think that that's also what helps me. Well, a few things help me. One, it's it is just being aware that the guilt will be there. And I am so fortunate that I have some mentors who are older than me, they, their kids are older. And I've asked them the exact same question, like, gosh, does it ever get easier? Do you ever not feel guilty? Like, is there an age cutoff where at 13, you don't feel guilty anymore? Because I feel, I feel sadness when I get on airplanes. And they're like, well, it doesn't ever go away, but it's always still there to a certain extent. My children are in very, very much like strong need, need mom, need 100% caretaking phase because they're so young. Obviously, when they're teenagers and their lives are full of friends and sports and after school, then they just naturally need you less. So then it maybe that guilt somewhat subsides. But I, I think every mom feels guilt, even moms who don't 
manage careers, even there's, there's different types of guilt, even if you are an at-home parent, you feel a different kind of guilt. So I think it's normal and um, not feeling bad about that, I think is the first step. I think the second thing that has helped me is really just leaning and seeking comfort and either moms who are in the same stage and have similar pace of life as me. Well, I'll just text them like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad that I'm the, it feels like I'm the only mom who's not bringing homemade cookies to the kindergarten sale or whatever it may be. And they're like, no, no, me too. Or yeah. Okay. But remember like you took, you know, you, you, you took her to this and that, like you're a great parent. So just those cheerleaders around, around me surrounding myself with a great group of women who lift me up and who are very much in the same mindset has been so key to dealing with mom guilt. And then I think the second is just perspective. I had, my mother had an incredibly demanding career. She was a really successful businesswoman. She worked a lot and I never felt ever that any form of neglect from her. And I was so deeply loved through my whole childhood. And so I also think like, I'm feeling this way, but my child knows how much I am there for them and how deeply they are cared for. And I don't know how single parents do it. And I I have so much regard, the highest regard for parents who do do it on their own. I am fortunate that I share responsibility with my husband, who is an incredible co-parent, and he picks up the slack plus more when I'm away. So I know that our our family is cared for. So that helps me wrestle with my guilt. That is always there, but just not on social media. I promise you. (laughs) Yeah. And so you do travel a lot. Yeah. How does that work with your family dynamic, but also with your mental health because yeah. it, it must be hard as you just said like being a parent and having to leave your children and knowing they're completely safe you know they're not in danger in any way but you're leaving them for a certain amount of time and yeah. you do travel quite often so how do you what helps you with like grounding mm-hmm. yourself and managing yeah time? yeah so it's a great question and it, it has really been trial and error so I'll I'll tell I'll share what work what works now So I do travel a lot. I travel probably, well, at the bare minimum, once a quarter, I'm going somewhere um, that's on an airplane. So uh, Bugaboo is a completely, we're a completely virtual team now. My team is across the U.S. and Canada, and it is such a big part of my job to take care of the team, lead the team, make sure that they're clear on what are our priorities for the quarter, for the year creating a culture of connectivity and a sense of belonging. That is really teamwork is at the the foundation of every incredible business. So a big part of my job is connecting in with my North America team. And it could be visiting retailers in LA, visiting our team in Canada, or going to a new developing region that we're we're interested in and having some presence in. So I spend at least once a quarter going somewhere and connecting in with my North America team. 
Bugaboo is also a global company. Our headquarters, our product innovation teams are based in Amsterdam. So usually at least once a quarter, I am also going to Amsterdam to connect in with, with my team there. So, you know, do the math that 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 is that is a lot of travel to, to do now, even in post-pandemic times where I, I decide to do a lot of meetings virtually. So I mentioned this, but I'm a I'm sort of a hyper planner. What what really helps me is I show love by organizing and making sure that my family is taken care of so that when I'm I'm away, I know that I feel like I have set my daughter up for picture day at school. I have this sounds crazy, but again, it's what I feel like how I take care of my family. I'll I'll make a meal. I'll make a couple meals and I'll put them in the freezer so that I know that my family has, I'm the one who cooks in our house, that they have nutritious and planned out meals. And so I'm there, but I'm not there. So I really plan ahead and make sure I leave space for those things just so that even though I'm gone, my, my kids are, you know, set up. I talked about having a great co-parent. So he, I'm really clear on the communication. We have a shared calendar where I put in the, the days that I'm out. So he knows on Monday night, I'm getting on an airplane, but I'll be back Thursday. And, and then I, you know, and then I'm there. So he then is really clear on the, the days that he's going 150% to, to make up for my absence. Um, so I think it's those two things. It's really just planning and clear communication. And when I'm at work, I'm, that's my role. I'm at work. It doesn't help anybody if I'm just thinking about, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not a pickup or sort of wallowing. No, I, I go to work. I do what I have to do. I do a great job. And that doesn't give me the time back, but it also just, that's the role that I've, you know, that I've fulfilled. And that's the role that I play in our family. So I, I just sort of compartmentalize. And then when I come home, I'm in full on, you know, full on mom mode. Yeah. And I think it's also such a great thing that you're teaching the children is the very clear communication that you guys have and mm-hmm. the planning, because yeah. that's what makes everything work. If you're just leaving yeah. and nothing is said and everyone's kind of like running around, you know, it causes the chaos and it probably makes the children feel very uncertain about what's happening, but because it's so clear and concise and, you know, I'm pretty sure even Elena came into school and was like, mommy's away and she's coming. Like she understands and then they know, okay, mom is at a work thing. She comes back and she's here. And you know, that's, that's the reality of our life too is, we're not always going to be able to do everything. Yeah. And you're you're a female who has a <laughs> very important role. Yeah. I mean, how did you decide to mm-hmm. go into this career and then mm-hmm. build it up because it is very hard for females yeah. to reach the top of the ladder and even now in 2022 like yeah. it's still something that we're fighting for. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I I mean, if you were to go back in time and ask 13-year-old me, what are you going to do? What are you going to be? I I had I had a different answer than what I'm doing now. My mom was a dentist 
And my father worked in the newspaper industry and I was always really just sort of like, maybe I'll go into medicine or maybe I will go into um, yeah, the, the, the journalism industry. And I didn't go into either of those things, but I think at the, at the fundamental sort of root of 13 year old me, and now fast forward 20 something years later, um, there's just been a um, curiosity and just a desire to learn and probably particularly see the world. I I didn't travel internationally at all when I was growing up, but I knew that I what, whatever I did for work, um, it would take me around, around the world. And so I was really fortunate to really manifest that life. So my career started my career started when I graduated. Um, from Loyola Marymount, and I started working at an agency, at a, at a marketing agency, and re- really just sort of doing the typical, you know, you, you you punch in and then you punch out, and I was in my early 20s, so after that I was hanging out with friends and life was great, but I really knew that I wanted to see something and be uncomfortable and see different parts of the world, so I applied for business school abroad. Barcelona, London, I think some other Northern Europe cities, but I got into European University in Barcelona and I moved to Barcelona. I didn't know a single person, didn't speak the language. I had been there once when I was in college and I was doing a study abroad, but I knew it was a really incredible city. So I moved to Barcelona, went to business school there. I met my now husband in our program but um, he and I, following graduation, decided to move to his home country of Amsterdam. Okay. And so you just sort of see this just natural um, snowball effect of my life of just saying yes to uncertain situations and knowing that I would figure it out. Okay? I had never been to Amsterdam and never saw myself living there, but I was 23 at the time and I said yes. So I moved to Amsterdam and that's really where my career started. I had the incredible fortune to be given a temporary contract and maternity cover at Nike European headquarters. And I was working full-time at that time, but I decided to leave that full-time job to take the temporary maternity cover, knowing that I would just work so hard to be offered a full-time contract because Nike has always been a dream company. Fitness still is a really big part of my life. And it was a brand that I had always admired from the outside. So I said, yes, I was consistent in every project that I was given during that temporary um, temporary contract. And I was offered a permanent role to join the team. And I think that that's where I really learned a few things that have helped me to the stepping stones into where I am today, which is a big job in a bigger, in a, in a big growing brand, um, managing an entire region. And it's all the small things matter. And if you ask anybody, whether it's a great, you know, Kobe Bryant used to say this, who is an incredible, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, and incredible business leaders also say this, and it's a principle that I never had words for, but Back then, it was just how I was working, and that's all the small, all the small things matter. Greatness is the accumulation of 
consistent small acts and every day, just showing up every single day. It's this idea of marginal gains and being like 1% better in everything that you do. And then all of a sudden that adds up to big steps and upward steps. And so I was at Nike for eight years, I think eight and a half, nine years. And I climbed the ladder by being a hard worker, um, being really consistent, being grateful for every opportunity that I was given. I had a couple very um, impactful mentors that I'm still in contact with who helped open doors for me. And that has really led to my current role, which is general manager of North America. And having the privilege of, yeah, leading this incredible brand that is a, so strongly aligns with where I'm at right now in my life, which is a mom to two very young stroller aged kids. And I wouldn't have gotten here by doing one, one great performance a year. I mean, it was literally every day being consistent through the disappointments, through when I was passed over for promotions, when I had managers that didn't think that I was great, you know, just remaining consistent through all of that. And I am now in an incredible job that I love. Truly, I can't imagine anything that I would rather be doing, but I would have to really attribute it to, to consistency. Yeah. And, and it shows that like a lot of people think that, you know, life is so easy and, and you just have to, you know, hope for the best, but there's so many obstacles. And I try to tell other people that are younger than me that I talk to, you know, you're going to come to roads that are like bumpy and you're going to find lots of obstacles and there's going to be quote unquote failures, but they're Mm -hmm. not necessarily failures. Like I try to remind people, don't think of things as failure. Think of them as little obstacles. What are you taking away from it? What can you do next time? Because that's, that's how you climb. You can't be, you know, there's always going to be something that you have to overcome. And even oh, yeah. as the general manager, even as a parent, like mm-hmm. there, there's unpredictable yeah. things in the world and you just have to keep trying and be consistent and yeah. learn how to do different things and not be afraid yeah. to, to totally quote unquote. And, I, and I think that that social media now has really just heightened that sort of expectation that younger generations or even peers around me um, think, which is that, oh my gosh, she has it so easy or their life seems so glamorous and and my life isn't. And it's a highlight reel. And between every win that I show or anybody shows, I am, I'll speak for myself. I am grinding late at night. I am up through the night with a screaming toddler who is getting their teeth in. I am so tired the next morning. Um, but we don't necessarily show those. I try to actually, I try to, because it, I, it, I appreciate when I see women that I admire sharing glimpses of their life. That's real. So I actually try to, but I, of course, I'm not really like recording the 
10 hours of my day that I'm doing everything. So, but um, I think it's a really important reminder that there between every win and there's so many failures, so many like mini failures that I think that we're getting better about sharing the, the reality of that but it's still very much an easy assumption to make with social media that everything is perfect and things aren't going right. You know, things are going so right for them and not for me. And it's a really important call out. Yeah. And I think that you do a great job on social media of showing the great things that are happening, but also like the fact that you wake up at the crack of dawn to like, get your exercise in because yeah. <laughs> once the kids are up, you can't do that. Yeah. No, right? you know, I love my 5am workouts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. also you do share when like you're running late or when you're tired, like, cause yeah. that's the reality, but also you're not going to show us, you know, Max screaming and crying because nobody wants to see that, but yeah. you know, we get it. Yeah. That's what's happening because yeah. that's his age and you're a parent. It's, yeah. It's very, yeah. Social media is such a tricky, tricky thing. And I know you have, the kids are very, very young and hopefully you don't have to deal with social media for a very, very long time. Yeah. But do you and Steven ever talk about when they are older, Mm -hmm. how you guys might navigate that? Mm -hmm. Although I don't know what social media is going to be like when they're ready to. No, we haven't really talked. I mean, we sort of, we sort of decide on boundaries as we encounter them with, as our kids grow up. So you know, bigger kids, newer, newer sort of obstacles or things that you have to lead through. I think one thing that we do think about with social media, and we're honestly on two different sides of the fence with it, because I have, I really love social media. I feel like I I learn, I, I have connected with really incredible people. Oh my gosh, the most incredible people that have actually given me the most amazing opportunities of my life that I could even like the stories that I have about how social media has really just um yeah opened doors for me is I think it can be a very positive thing on the flip side it can also be a time suck and it could honestly be you know a like a mental health uh like not good for your mental health especially with a young brain that's forming so I don't really know yet. Elena is so little. She doesn't really have an interest in that um, at all. And um, she thankfully is like really interested in like gardening and science and math and stuff. So we don't even have an iPad for our kids. So they don't even really know a lot. They, they watch TV. Like I'm not completely like (laughs) <laughs> you know, but they they watch TV. We don't have an iPad, and like I really try. Like we have a no phone policy during dinner. Um, I maybe like we'll grab a quick video, but otherwise I am like really like phone down, phone away, and with my kids on the floor when I'm when I'm home. But I think it's just like with anything in moderation. Yeah, I um, Stephen's not on social media. He is like doesn't know. He's like six hours behind of anything happening because I see it like immediately on social and he's like oh my gosh that happened (laughs) so I you know there's there's pros and cons but no not yet haven't decided what we're going to do yet yeah I mean and they're still young and I I I do love the no iPad thing because I mean and look everyone watches TV in moderation you know that's yeah yeah that's fine but yeah I I think that the iPads and 
cell phones at when kids are in like fifth or fourth grade I'm just like what do you need that for it's yeah it's just yeah (laughs) yeah and I mean to each their own every family has a different rhythm I we we are old school I love a handwritten note I mean I still have a pack of note cards next to my desk and I I love writing handwritten notes to people I think it's that's an art that I hope doesn't die with the age of like digital and text messages and stuff. Um, and yeah, like I said, you, you can use it for really great things. Like I, I've, I've connected in, I have now mentors who I've never even met in person before, but we are connected on social media and they share tips and tidbits and systems that I then take, I take a bit of that, make it my own and share that. And then it's like a ripple effect. And then I get messages from some people who are like, oh my gosh, that's so helpful. You know, the the fact that you run your Sundays that way or how you prep to set your kids up, like that's very helpful. So I think it can be a really positive, positive thing. Yeah. And I mean, that that's wrapping it up. I, I don't yeah. know if there's any you know, any big things that you guys have coming up for the family next or? Yeah. Um, no, so we just moved house. We moved into a new apartment. That's been a really big family milestone. Um, we're still in New York, which, um, we're going to be in New York. We love being in the city. Are you in the city? Where are you? I'm in Queens. You're in Queens. Okay. Um, you can always like get so much space there, especially if you have, you have a puppy the whole family wants a puppy, but I'm like, no puppies. We like, I've got also maybe when we don't have Max is a little bit more grown up, but um, yeah, so we moved house. We are really looking forward to some travel ahead um, for the holidays, which will be really, really fun. We're going to be with family a lot for the next six weeks, which I really treasure. And then, yeah, on the bugaboo side, we have a really big year planned next 20. 2023. So I'm getting my annual operating plan in place. I we are establishing our targets. It is just really full on. So it really feels like both sides of like we've been talking about this for the last 30 minutes, like both sides are a constant juggling act. And I I mean I think that the the thing that I will say is that what helps me is that it's just a moment in time. Right. There's like a lot going on in the world right now. There's a lot on my desk right now. But it's just a moment in time. And this is a moment in time where my kids are are really little and someday they're not going to be little. And I'm building my career. And there's someday where I'm going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, that was like you were in the thick of it. And but like, you know, enjoy it. So I really just try and think of everything like it's a moment in time. And that helps me both. I truly appreciate it doesn't mean that it's any less hard. I still have my moments where I'm like crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this week? <laughs> but um, it's a moment in time. So I try to enjoy it. And then I that also helps me just really weather the, the busy period or the storm of whatever I'm going through. So thank you so much for having me. This was so fun chatting with you. Yeah, say hi to the kids. And I actually do have one last question. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about being a mom to your two kids? Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? <laughs> um, gosh, their joy. They have so much joy. I know every kid has so much joy, but my kids are happy. You know, they're really just 
joyful individuals and I come home and I've had, I could have had the hardest day. I could have had a disappointing outcome or I could have had a tough day at work, a challenge I haven't sorted out yet. And my kids will run to me and they'll like, mama, 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 we're so like happy you're home. And like, they have art for me and they're just so happy. And that joy, like that is a privilege to be a receiver of that joy and that love. And so I try my very best to just show up, show up for them. And um, yeah, that's the best part. That's the best part of being a mom. I think just, just the joy and the love that my kids have and that we share. Awesome. Well, you have a beautiful family. I love following you guys and supporting you guys. Say hi to the kids. Thank you. I will. You know what? I'm going to take a picture because I'm going to tell Elena that I saw teacher Annie. She's going to flip out. Hold on. Okay. Amazing. Got it. You can all, I can always schedule a time to say hi to her. Oh my gosh. She would love that. She's always like, oh my gosh, teacher Andy, you you always used to ask her, I wonder, Elena, I wonder what should we do? What if we did this with the pumpkin? Um, I will tell her you said hi. Um, Thank you so much for having me. This was so insightful and thought provoking and yeah. I hope to see you soon. Yes, yes. We'll we'll schedule something. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Andy. Of course. Have a great day. You too. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.